0: He is risen, three small words that brought the collective pace of humanity to an absolute standstill. He is risen, three words that shattered prisons, words that shook the earth's foundations, words that transformed a sense of utter despair into cries of pure joy and ecstasy. Echoes of history's greatest triumph that still shape our reality. Even today, we're assaulted by constant distraction, countless sources waging war for our attention, yet three words pierce the noise. In our hunger for validation, our desperate pleas for love and attention, three words calm our anxiety. In a universe spinning at breakneck speed, its inhabitants locked in an existential crisis, three words proclaim the purpose of our existence. He is risen. Lay hold of this truth and embrace the peace within. Yesterday, fear reigned in our hearts. Yesterday, we sat in crippling darkness. Yesterday we suffered abuse, and all the accusations of a broken world, but today, our king, our healer, our defender is risen. And this reality doesn't merely accompany us on a meaningless journey. This changes everything. For you see, if he is risen, then all other pursuits become secondary All of our failures become insignificant. All criticisms and condemnations become irrelevant. There is only His word, His mission, and His infinite, unconditional love for you. Because He is risen, we look to tomorrow. Tomorrow we will stop defining our worth through status and social media. Tomorrow, we will together build an everlasting kingdom. Tomorrow and every day after, we will dance in the radiance of a redeeming Savior who crushed death and set us free. There is nothing that Jesus cannot overcome. We know this because He lives. We know this because he is risen. Good morning.
1: Happy Easter. What a joy it is to get to celebrate in person together and to have this service recorded still for people at home. We are out at Lido Beach this morning with a few hundred people and I see a few of you cleaned up and came back for part two. So good to see you, Blake. If you are joining us for the first time, we just want to share a little bit with you about who we are. But before we do that, a little bit about our service. Our in-person services are a little bit shorter than what they used to be. We do wear our masks so that we can protect our neighbors and we refrain from singing. We're hoping that we will get all the way through the finish line of this thing and um, all come out healthier and better on the other side. But thank you for helping us to take care of each other. Our mission at Church of the Palms is to love God and to love neighbor. You can learn all about how we are trying to live into this mission by visiting our website and then connecting with us on YouTube and Facebook. A big part of who we feel God is calling us to be is in this idea of loving neighbor, a love that is expressed in tangible, impactful and meaningful ways. And I just wanna give you a few examples. We tutor hundreds of children and we were able to continue a lot of that over Zoom We host Day of Hope every single year, and you know that's helping kids start out their first day of school on the first foot with, on the good foot with things like backpacks and school supplies and clothing and shoes and doctor checkups. We feed hundreds and hundreds of families every single day through our food pantry, and lots of people volunteer for that. We have a wonderful partnership with Wilkinson, which is our neighborhood elementary school where we mentor first graders and support teachers. And of course, we collaborate with our mission partners here in Sarasota and all around the world. At Church of the Palms, we love God and love neighbor through our ministries for people of all ages. We have a vibrant children's ministry, student ministry, and adult ministry where we are seeking to care for the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our care for the body includes lots of activities in the Palm Center, things that you have probably heard about, pickleball, basketball, firm believers, yoga, and now Tai Chi, beginning April 7th, this Wednesday, and it'll be on Wednesdays at 2.30, so we'd love for you to join us for that. We care for the mind with art classes, book studies, and discussions on how film intersects with our faith. You can even join our monthly trivia nights. The next one is April 26th at 6 p.m. over in the Palm Center. We care for the spirit with Bible studies, Taze and Lexio Divina that meets weekly on Zoom at 9 a.m. We have a new small group study that is starting this week on gentleness. And if you would like to be a part of that, just contact Pastor Mingi. And you can still register for a one-day women's retreat. It has movement, prayer, Bible study, yoga, and much more. And that is Saturday, April 24th from 9.30 to 2. So visit our website. You can learn more and more about who we are and the details of these events and other things. If you would like to learn about becoming a member of Church of the Palms, contact Pastor Mingi, we would love to have you be an official part of our faith family. And with that, if you would grab your bulletins, we are going to say this affirmation of faith together, and I would like to invite you to stand. And there are lots of seats in the front row, people that are coming in. Sorry about that. So let's affirm our faith together. Let's, here we go. We know the fear of the upper room. We know the feeling of hard days and long nights. We know the grief of the tomb and the particular ache of saying goodbye. We know the pain of Good Friday, and we know the darkness before dawn. And still, and still we believe. We believe that again and again the sun will rise. Again and again, God will draw near. Again and again, we will march toward justice. Again and again, the tomb will be empty. Again and again, love will win. Again and again, God will lead the church. Again and again, And again and again, we will be loved. The journey will not be perfect. We will need to rise before dawn. We will need angels along the way. But again and again, the sun will rise. We believe. Amen.
2: She He breaks the power of sin and darkness His love is mighty and so much stronger the king of glory the king above all oh kings here we go He shakes the whole earth with holy thunder he leaves the breathless and on wonder The King of glory, the King of love, all King. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. And that you would take my place. And that you would bear my cross. You would lay down your life. That I would be set free Oh, Jesus I sing for all that you've done for me Who brings our chaos back into order Who makes it over A son and daughter The king of glory you would bear my cross you would lay down your life and I would be set free oh, oh, Jesus I sing for all that you've done for me let sing where this lamb Worthy is the lamb who slain. Worthy is the king, conquer the great Worthy is the lamb who Worthy is the king, conquer the great Worthy is the lamb who Worthy is the king, conquer the great Worthy is the lamb who Worthy, worthy, worthy This is amazing grace This is unfailing love That you would take my place That you would bear my cross you would lay down your life That I would be set free He has risen. He has risen indeed. Right. We're gonna sing about this glorious day. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind? Your mercy has saved my soul. Now your freedom is all that I know. The only knew Jesus, when I met you, you called my name. I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious day. You call my name. And I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious day. I needed rescue, my sin was heavy. Chains break out the weight of your glory. I needed shelter, I was an orphan. Now you called me a citizen of heaven. Out of the darkness into your glorious day. You call my name and I let out of that grave Out of the darkness into your glorious name
1: Thanks, Justin. So we are at that point in our service where we get to worship God with our offering. And there are four ways to give that we can give, whether we're worshiping at home or whether we're worshiping here. But for those of us who are just in person, as we leave, there are baskets on each side of the table on the other side of the sound booth where you could leave your offering. The mic runners have come up beside me because we are at one of my favorite points of this service. And that is where we get to lift up our prayers for each other, for ourselves, our joys and our concerns. And so if you have something that you would want to lift up, we would just ask you to raise your hand and one of the mic runners will come to you. They'll give you the mic so you can tell us what it is so we know how to pray this week. And then they'll sanitize it so we can use it again. But first, I would like for you to meet them. I am Bill. That's your cue you're Bill. Bill. Hi Bill, glad you're here. Hi, I'm Susan. And Susan is our director of well-being. Health and well-being. Health and well-being. So all of that stuff in the Palm Center that you heard about earlier, hospitality, and she's also in, uh, behind the new initiative of our Senior Well-Being Center. So a person you want to know well. Yes, we love her. So how can we be praying on this day? Any prayer concerns or joys that you want to lift up? Thank you, Susan. Um, I'll try to say this without crying. One of my dearest, dearest friends has recently been diagnosed with pancreatic, metastatic pancreatic cancer and on top of that she had a stroke at the same time so she's in really big need of prayer as much as I've ever hardly known so i appreciate it. her name is barb barb is that what she... thank you sandy so we'll remember barb and perhaps other people who we know who are dealing with cancer or other horrific illnesses but let's um, especially lift up barb this week thank you What else is on your heart and mind? I believe there's a joy right back there, not to call you out or anything. I'm sorry we can't see the picture. I have the joy of welcoming a great-grandson. My step-granddaughter, Marianne, had a healthy baby boy yesterday. And what's his name? His name is Relic. Relic, and he's so cute. I got to see the picture. Thanks, Jocelyn. And so for all little babies that are born, and whether they're our own or our grandchildren or our great-grandchildren, we give thanks to God for those healthy, healthy births. Anything else? I will remind you that there are um, prayer cards on the back table, so if you want to... So stop that. So if you want to write something down... Um, we'll be praying for you if you want to keep it in confidence, Pastor Steve. go ahead
3: is this safe <laughs> uh, just a praise uh last year we weren't here on Easter, mm-hmm. and now we are <laughs> and that 's a great thing we 've come a long ways over a long year, and i'm grateful to God that we're together to worship.
1: hallelujah, thank you so much uh, I agree. Yes, right there.
3: Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. We are getting married later this month, so uh, we had to push back our, our wedding back in October. And uh, so we're really looking forward to that. <laughs> She's
1: so, really so hating me for doing that this right now. you're that as a praise and not a concern, And right? a praise, yes. <laughs> Congratulations. That's awesome. Uh, tell us your names.
2: My name is Jesse, and this is Mallory.
1: Nice. Well, good luck, and I hope all of that is just amazing fun and not too much stress as you finally get to get married. And gosh, I'll think about all these young people who are um, getting to join that great um, part of life, right? My um, One of my daughters is getting married May 7th, so we're kind of in the throes of that as well. Yeah, thanks. For prayers for my sister. Uh, I have not seen her and her husband and uh, her kids in over a year because of the pandemic. They live in New Jersey, and they are physically on their way to Florida as we speak, driving down. So we're very happy that they're able to come down and visit. Thanks, Emily. Yeah, and so all the people that might be traveling over this Easter um, season and spring break, right, safe travel, that we can lift that up to God as well. Thank you.
3: So I just want to raise up again all the teachers because I think they've done such an amazing job of allowing our kids in school, and I'm super grateful to to them for that.
1: Yeah, thanks, Christina. And We need to, again, project through the finish line because I think they're going all the way through part of June, right, before they're done even with this year. So thank you for lifting that up. Anything else? So during the season of Lent and for Easter, we had created these um, affirmations of faith that you participated in. On the back page is the prayer of confession. And this is a responsive part. I will do the voice of one, and Bill will lead you in the voice of all. So we would like for you to join in. I think it is um, so important that each week we get to confess our sin and that we get to confess it corporately, knowing that God hears and that God forgives us. So all of the prayers that we have named aloud, we give up to God, and I entrust for each of us to be praying how the Spirit leads this week. But let's now join in this prayer of confession. Beloved community, before God and before you, my family, I confess. I have seen the sun rise and withheld my praise. I have seen my neighbors suffer and withheld my aid. I have seen love extended and chosen to walk away. I have seen divisions deepen and managed to remain unfazed.
3: We hear you, we see you, you are forgiven. God's love is like the sun. No matter how lost we are in the night, day after day, the light will find you. Rest easy, you are held in God's warmth.
1: Thanks be to God, amen. And now you all will begin the words of forgiveness.
3: Now we must pray, beloved friend, before God and before each other, we confess. We have seen the sun rise and withheld our praise. We have seen our neighbors suffer and have withheld our aid. We have seen love extended and chosen to walk away. We have seen divisions deepen and managed to remain unfazed.
1: I hear you. I see you. You are forgiven. God's love is like the sun. No matter how lost we are in the night, day after day, the light will find you. Rest easy. You are held in God's warmth. Thanks be to to God. God. Alleluia. Alleluia. Amen.
3: Good morning. morning. Happy Happy Easter. My name is Steve McConnell, and I'm one of the pastors here at Church of the Palms. It's so good to see so many of you here, and so grateful that we get to worship God together on this Easter Sunday. I'm going to read to you scripture from Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12, one of the great, greatest stories of all time, as recorded in Luke's Gospel. On the first day of the week at early dawn, the women came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. And while they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. And the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again? And then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. And then he went home, amazed at what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O God, that we would allow these words to penetrate once again into our hearts, that we too may believe. We too may run from the empty tomb, that we too may proclaim to all that Jesus Christ is risen. For he has risen indeed, and we pray this in his name. Amen. My grandfather loved to tell the story about the Iowa town that had been through months and months and months of drought. The fields were parched, the crops were dying, the forecast called for sunshine for as long as anyone could guess. So finally one day the preacher called for a prayer meeting, a prayer meeting to pray for rain. It would be at six o'clock there in the little church in the middle of town. So when six o'clock came around, the church bell rang throughout the town, not a cloud though in the sky. But the people came and they crowded into the little church to pray for rain. And at six o'clock, the pastor got up in the pulpit and looked around at the little sanctuary, now jammed full of people. This was pre-COVID. And finally began, ladies and gentlemen, he said, I am afraid that we cannot proceed with this prayer meeting. I am afraid that I must send you home. People looked around in confusion and consternation. Why, Reverend, why? They asked. The pastor responded, how can we dare pray for rain if not one of us thought to bring an umbrella? This morning, this Easter morning, I want to talk to you about bringing your umbrella. In Luke's account of the resurrection, as with all the gospel accounts, it's the women who, in Jesus' band, who take the lead when the morning's still dark and Death hangs heavy in the air. It's this little pack of women who stumble their way to the tomb. They're doing what they know needs to be done. They're, they're bringing spices and ointment to give Jesus a proper burial. Though death despair consumes them, still they get up before the first lights, and they make their way to do what should be done. And it's this faithful gesture of goodness and kindness and respect and love that leads them to something they least expect to find. They find a stone rolled away. They find an empty tomb. They find angels. They hear voices, and they are terrified over what they're taking in. It is what Easter does. Easter shocks. It terrifies. It mystifies. It shakes the ground under your feet. Easter is always a surprise. On a clear blue day, Easter is what brings Rain to a parched and dry land. And because God has an outrageously good sense of humor, Easter happens first to the least heard of the human family. Easter happens first to these first century women who no one is really going to believe. The news of Easter gets delivered by the ones who spoke only when spoken to. Easter gets spoken by the least listened to. And so for the disciples of Jesus, hearing this from these women because of their own prejudice likely, Easter is at first interpreted to be an idle tale, a wives' tale, if you will. Interesting, isn't it, that the disciples believed the women when they said that Jesus was dead, because it was only the women who were there to see that, but they couldn't believe them when they said he was alive. So convinced are these disciples and the finality of death, so persuaded are they in the reports of the pounding of the spikes through the wrist and the ankle, so assured are they of death's last words signified by the seal on that tomb, so distorted are they by their own prejudice, they just can't imagine that there's going to be any rain. They bought the forecast. The land will never recover. But then Luke tells us that Peter said, What the heck? That's a loose translation of the biblical Greek. What the heck? Maybe, just maybe. And and Peter goes to the closet and pulls out his umbrella. Who knows, says the impulsive, impetuous follower. Maybe maybe there will be rain today. After all, Peter was the guy who, when he saw Jesus walking on the water, he crawled out and said, bid me, Jesus, to come to you on the water. I mean, that's kind of crazy, kind of impossible, kind of foolish, but bid me, Jesus, to come to you on the water. And Jesus bids, and Peter throws his leg over the edge and climbs out of the boat, because who knows? So Peter grabs his umbrella, because who knows? And he runs to the tomb, and the tomb is empty, and the heavens open, and Peter is drenched with amazement. Could there be life where there is death? Could there be hope where there is despair? Could there be lilies and daffodils? In the desert, well, let's hope so. It turns out that Peter carries on a great tradition of umbrella holding. Noah, like we talked about a few weeks ago, starts building an ark in the midst of sunny days because he's heard this voice that said he's going to need to do that. So he builds his ship amidst forecasts to the contrary. Abraham and Sarah in the land of Ur, hear the voice to head west to the land of Canaan to take the whole family. And by the way, grab your umbrellas because something unexpected is going to happen. God is going to rain upon you descendants more than the stars in the sky. Moses sends into the promised land, spies to scope out the new land and they aren't, that they are to inhabit, and the spies come back and they say, "No way, Moses, no way. Are we going in there? The forces are too mighty. The forces are too strong." And Caleb, the minority report, says, "No, no. If we bring our umbrellas, if we bring our umbrellas, if we proceed." God can do something. And Moses balks and turns his back on the land of rain and milk and honey. And the people of God wander in the desert for 38 more years. Jeremiah sees the invading forces of Babylon sweep into Jerusalem, carry off all the people, ransack the city. And what does Jeremiah do in the midst of this pillaged city? He buys real estate. He buys a piece of property and holds on to the deed because he knows They're coming back. He grabs his umbrella and expects that grace and mercy fall from heaven. And that's just what happens. So I want to talk to you this morning about bringing your umbrella. Because if there's anything that Easter tells us, it is that the only way to live is to carry an umbrella. Which is to say that the only way to live on this side of Easter is with the faith to believe that the God who can raise his son from the dead, the God who can roll that stone away, the God who can bring life out of death, is a God who even now is up to things that we cannot imagine. All we need to do is show up and be ready for rain. Because don't you think we live in a land and a time that wants to convince us that things are going to get worse instead of better? That it's just a thing to do to complain and lament over who's in charge and who's not in charge and what's happening to the world and what's happening to our country. And you better watch out for yourself. And the land is dry and the land is broken and the sky is void of clouds. And it's never going to rain. So what's the point? Who cares? Why hope? Maybe it's not even worth doing the right thing. Why even go to the tomb? Why bring spices? Jesus is dead anyway. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. Which is where the world seemed to be going on that Good Friday. The powers to be win again, might makes right. as says good guys finish last. Losing streak continues, drought persists. And then there's this silly, silly silly fisherman running through the cemetery with an umbrella in his hand shouting, maybe it's going to rain today. Rosemary Pritchett and her family of three children had several downturns of luck such that they had lost their home, were forced to live in a homeless shelter. Things were getting worse instead of better. The land was dry, broken, had rained for months. So what should happen? She finds on the sidewalk a check made out for $400. Not only a check, but a signed check. Not only a signed check, but an endorsed check. Yes. Pennies from heaven. $400 would cure a lot of ills. What does she do? She bets on the faithfulness of God. And she does the right thing. She calls the owner, returns the check. She knew that in her faith, it was the right thing to do. Always bet on doing the right thing. And when you bet on the right thing, that means you have hope. It means you believe that God is somehow still in his heavens. Always bring an umbrella. So when Cheryl Wood, this homeless, saw this homeless woman standing right there at her doorstep, handing her a check that she could have cashed, she was amazed. Amazed at this faithfulness and this goodness this honest gesture so moved was cheryl at this honesty and goodness that it wasn't long before she had organized 70 volunteers from her church to obtain the deed to an abandoned house and then to fix it all up into a palace and to give this hopeful disciple a place to live when rosemary was asked if she had thought for only a moment about keeping that check she said not for a second did i think of cashing that check i just know that if i just keep my eyes on jesus It will rain someday. If I bring my umbrella, the heavens will open. The late Eugene Peterson once told a story about the young woman who grew up in his congregation that he pastored a lovely young woman who turned out to fall in love with the wrong guy. This is not about the two of you over there. I just want you to know Lovely young woman who turned out to fall in love with the wrong guy, at least according to Reverend Peterson. He thought they were ill-suited, tried to convince them in premarital counseling to that effect, but to no avail. He performed their service, their, their wedding service against his better judgment. Sometimes that's what us pastors do. The new husband joined the army right afterwards, and off they went to Alaska, where they promptly went off the rails with alcohol, bad decisions. Every six months or so, the Reverend Peterson would get a call from this couple, usually drunk, asking for help, and the good Reverend would send off a little money and do whatever he could against his better judgment. Finally came the call that they had found Jesus, and they were attending now the local Pentecostal church. Good, thought Reverend Peterson, let the Pentecostals have them. But they fell off the rails again, and calls resumed, and the pastor did what he could, and the call then came that the ex-military husband had sobered up and was going to the nearby Presbyterian church and was thinking now that he was being called to be a pastor. Oh, dear, thought the reverend. You know, he said, you have to go to college before you can go to seminary, half hoping that that would kind of squelch the idea. Two years later, the call comes, guess what, Reverend? I got accepted to seminary. Oh, boy, the Reverend thought, we'll see where this goes. And it went. And then the call came that he had graduated and received his first call to be a pastor at a little, little church up in North Dakota. And with the good Reverend Peterson come and preach at his ordination. Uh, So out of obligation and sympathy for that poor little church of 40, Reverend Peterson made his way up to North Dakota and there they were on that ordination night in the little chancel of the little rickety church listening to the little seven voice choir, no voice less than 70 years old, squeaking out the anthem when the roll gets called up yonder. Reverend Peterson kind of winces at the off-keyness of it all, and he winces even more when he thinks of this reprobate new pastor being let loose on this poor, unsuspecting little church, and it's all against his better judgment. And then comes the moment. Then comes the moment just when the squeaky seven are croaking about all the roll getting called up yonder. That's the moment. When the recovering ex-military, rough around the edges, off the rails, new pastor, turns to the erudite reverend and whispers to him, Don't they sound like angels? Don't they sound like angels? And then the erudite pastor realizes that he has shown up at the prayer meeting without an umbrella. He just didn't think it was going to rain. He he showed up at the tomb and found a resurrection. He didn't believe enough that the God who walks from tombs is raising other people from their tombs. And that the same angels that appeared in Jerusalem cemeteries appear in North Dakota sanctuaries. Don't they sound like angels? Arthur Compton, winner of the Nobel Prize for Physics, said every discovery I made, I gambled that the truth was there, and then I acted on it with faith until I proved it true. My friends, Easter has come again, and it has been a long year. Last Easter, we didn't know where we were going. Last Easter, we were climbing into our own tombs. No one knew if maybe the world was going to hell on a handbasket, but we heard echoes last Easter. We heard echoes. We heard echoes that those women had been at a tomb, and that the tomb was empty, and that angels were singing, and we gambled, it might be true, and we prayed and we worshiped and we gave people food and we taught little children and we zoomed to our little heart's contents and we held on to each other and we wore our mask and we socially distanced and we took care of each other because we had heard echoes of angels. We grabbed our umbrellas and went to the prayer meeting. Why? Because that's what Easter people do. It's what we get to do. We get to gamble that the truth is out there somewhere. We get to stumble sometimes in the dark. We get to run to empty tombs. We get to hear angels singing when the roll is called up yonder. We get to put up our umbrellas on crystal clear days because the Lord is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, we thank you. We thank you that the truth is out there, and sometimes it's dark, and sometimes it's foggy, and sometimes we don't even know how to put one foot in front of the other. But we're so grateful, oh Lord, that you are the God who promises resurrection. You are the God that empties the tombs. You are the God who raises us up to new life. You are the God who gives us hope to believe that there is a new day in store. And that you are up to miraculous things. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm
2: they the cross oh the wonderful cross bids me come and die and find that I may truly live oh the wonderful cross oh the wonderful cross all who gather Draw near and bless your name. With the whole realm of nature in mind, that word. God be and bless your name. Oh, the wonderful cross. Oh, the wonderful cross. Please, he come and die. Who gathered you by grace drawn near? and blesses you.
3: Let's pray. Lord, may this not be for us, this message of Easter, may it not be for us an idle tale. May it be for us a message of power and grace and love and mercy, a message of hope for the days to come. Help us to grab our umbrellas. Face the new day, expecting rain from heaven. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen.